Whenever you're ready, Chuck, go ahead. Oh, hey, John. Thanks for having me on your show today. Uh, I am Chuck Balsamo. I am a multi-entrepreneur. Uh, as you'll see in our discussion, as it unfolds, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I am here with John Hewlin uh, on the podcast, Relationships and Revenue, and I can't wait to have this conversation. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled you decided to invest some of your hard-earned time with me today. And as you heard from that intro, I have the one and only Chuck Balsamo with me. Chuck, how are you today, my friend? I'm fantastic. Yep. Having, having fun in this uh, pre-conversation that we just had, you know? Uh, just getting to know you, John. Your energy is contagious. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, there are so many times I can't tell you that I wished I'd started recording sooner than I did because those pre-conversations are so rich, so full of good stuff for both of us. Sure. All right, folks, for those of you who don't know who Chuck is, and as you'll be able to see in the show notes, there'll be plenty of information for you to be able to check out Chuck and all the things that he's into. But Chuck, as he said, he is a multi-time entrepreneur. He is into all kinds of things. Uh, he owns a company that creates, I believe it's what's in your background there and that your studio there, correct? Yeah. yeah. I'm in one of our units. Yep. Oh, create those amazing units. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, he's CEO of extraordinary circle. Uh, you've written a book. I'm going to make sure I get the title, right? It's make, make me a legend, uh, the dream of a better tomorrow. He's a keynote speaker. He's a pastor. Oh, and he has three other titles. I can almost guarantee you he holds in much higher regard than any of those other ones. Husband, dad, and grandpa. You got it, man. You got it. Nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the highest titles. That's why I love revenue and relationships and revenue, John. My God, you're, you're like the only guy that's put the two of those together and, and named it a podcast. This is a necessary conversation. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's one of the things that I never understood over the years, and I've said this kind of phrasing often, I've heard people say as a way to almost excuse their behavior in business to say, it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. I'm like, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but every business had to start with a person and because people are involved, it is personal. It doesn't matter if you don't think it's personal, it just is. And so if we, if we remove that from the situation, we stop sanitizing it and making it somehow be less than it is, I think that would allow us to be able to invest better in those relationships that we have with people. To me, that's what's most important because I care about two things. And again, this is not the direction I necessarily was planning on going, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I care about two things, Chuck. And these are the only two things that matter to me. I love God and I love people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everything I do is filtered through those two things. Everything. And if it doesn't fit, I don't do it. 
Yeah, absolutely, John. You know, the topic of family, here's the first thought I had when you sent me the message said, hey, you want to be on the show? We're going to talk about relationships and revenue. And I immediately, I mean, and, and, and John, I told you before the show, there's lots of podcasts I'd like to be on right now. I've been, I've been invisible for a while, just yeah. face to the grindstone, building a new thing. And, uh, I just haven't been speaking to my audience. And, uh, this is the first time I've spoken on a podcast in a long time. It's the topic that drew me in because uh, when people ask me, what's the secret, what's your secret weapon? I mean, I would say I'm, I'm married 32 years now, Yay. Uh, married to uh, my girlfriend. Thanks, man. You know, uh, my girlfriend at 17 and 19, we were married because she got mm -hmm. pregnant, you know, uh, and, and, and she said, Hey, you know, let's get married. And so, so here we are, we made it 32 years. And, uh, and, and now I've got, I've got two kids, I got four grandkids, uh, and, and the power of me is the fact that I have taken the time to build a family unit, uh, a family unit, a house, a house and a home, an environment that I get so much power from that. It's, mm -hmm. it's honestly, I could never exaggerate it. It's so strong that it feeds me, uh, and it does it day in and day out. And I just think, I just think that we, we do have control over that. We, with intention, we can all, even, even if we've been through a divorce or a few divorces, uh, we've had, uh, you know, people have been through all kinds of things. And I love John, something you said, you know, before the show again, you know, that, uh, it's just, it's just, there is the idea that, um, you know, we, we never want to head into, uh, the wreckage that comes with. Uh, you know, a relationship falling apart, especially a marriage, right? Yeah. Um, and everything that happens to the kids and, and grandkids and the ripple effect of that. Uh, but we're always learning. And, it, and at whatever point we decide to commit ourselves to growth and to be intentional about relationships, I had a client one time that was uh, investing. He was going to every Tony Robbins conference and he's all, oh, man, he's, and, and, and I, I advocate for all that. I mean, proximity is power. Come on, say yeah. that. You know, so what I'm saying is absolutely, but you know, I, I looked at him and said, you really want to go to the next level this year? Your relationship is, is, is at like 10%. Your marriage is barely holding on. It's on life support. What if you took the next year and just truly invested in your wife, you know, in a, in a love language kind of level and really getting to know your wife and figure it out, just invest in her and build into her. There's no investment. The money you'll spend on that, the time you'll spend on that. There's no investment you could make in your business right now that would yield a higher return than to invest in your wife this year. I'm talking like never before come out of this year in a true partnership. And then your wife is going to feed into all the other things you're going to do. You're going to be feeding into things she's doing. And the two of you guys are going to, you know, it's the idea of one plus one equaling three or more. That's it's right. the principle of synergy. And how else can we have that? I mean, even when you talk about God and people, you know, I'm a Christian as well. Uh, I think we share a, a similar faith. And by the way, if there's people in the audience that, that don't share this faith, that's okay. I have yeah. lots of friends that are all different faiths. Uh, but, uh, but I really believe in, uh, in the Bible. I really believe in um, the life and teachings of Jesus. And I've studied that for 30 years of my life. And uh, or my doctorate in theology when it comes to that. Um, but I just know that there is, 
Um, there's, there's something, uh, there's, there's something powerful that happens when you invest in, in, in someone else, when you build into someone else, the return that you get on that, uh, when you, um, and I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but when you do that, the return is enormous. And, and that's what I've seen with my wife and I, we, we've built something. I am powerful for her. She is powerful for me. We intentionally raised our kids. Our kids feed life into the two of us on a level that, you know, it's hard to describe. And now it's starting to happen with the grandkids too. <laughs> love that, man. I love how intentional you are uh, with your family and it, that can't help, but bleed into your business life. Yeah. You know, that whole idea we were talking about before saying that business isn't personal. I mean, it, it is, even though people say it isn't what amazes me even more, Chuck, honestly, is the number of people who are surprised that they have challenges in their business when things aren't going right at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, utterly surprised by that. And I'm like, why is that surprising to you? Wow. Your home life is a mess. It mm -hmm. follows you because you are the common denominator in all that. I just remembered, and I just remember what I was going to say. The reason I brought up a Christian faith is there's this scripture, you know, that's, I think, so cool, unique to the, to the Bible. And it just says, it says, uh, if two of you agree is touching anything uh, on earth that will be done in heaven, mm. if two of you, the prayer of agreement is what we call it, right? Yeah. There's something about getting two people into agreement. And I think in a marriage or in a close friendship, in family settings and even, you know, in circles, you can create agreement with people when you can, that's why I think, you know, a lot of the division that's happening in the world right now, it's actually, it's breaking humanity apart. We're fighting against each other. We're, mm -hmm. we're inviting problems into, into the natural world. I mean, it, it is, it's incredible what we're doing to ourselves right now. And, um, and I think that with a husband and a wife, you can achieve, you have this ability to achieve an agreement level. If you fight for it, you can achieve an agreement level. And that's what I'm saying. You know, if you go home and you're fighting all the time, well, then that negative energy will just, you talk about relationships and revenue. <laughs> uh, and John, we were even talking, you do some, you do some coaching specifically to help people, um, with business, but then also in relationships. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I was just saying, you know, I was just saying to you that you know, when people pay for a business coaching agreement, uh, it's real easy to justify the charges for that because, Hey, we're going to get you a return on investment. These are the metrics on this. I don't want you paying for anything that you're not going to get a return on. So you find the right person who can, who has the potential that you can build with them and as a coach. And, and then it's easy to, for them to pay there. It's not, it's not a, it's not an expense. It's an asset producing investment. But when it comes to paying for coaching, when it comes to say relationships or life or health, it is, uh, it, you, you tell people it's about the luxury. It's the luxury of being healthy. It's the luxury of having a good marriage. There is an indirect return on investment though. It's difficult to calculate at first, but man, when you get firing in the right direction as a husband and wife and your family's going in the right direction, it's amazing what a little family unit can do in this world, right? No, oh, for sure. For sure. You know, 
I get some weird looks at times, especially from men when I say this. And I never thought this before when I was married. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. But now I do. I think it's possible to have what is termed a fairy tale kind of marriage. I think that's actually possible Mm -hmm. that people can work on, that it's not some pipe dream that's led people astray over the years. It's because they pursued the wrong things. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're truly invested in the relationship and your goal, number one, is about helping the other person become all he or she can be and doing your utmost to uplift that person, to undergird that person. Mm -hmm. How could your relationship not get better? I just, I don't know how that's possible. If that's what you're doing, it, they will, by virtue of you doing that, they're going to get better and they're going to see you doing that. And they're going to want to reciprocate. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. You and I came in here with a blank slate. We just said, we're going to have a natural conversation and see where it goes. And it's turning into relationships. It's heading real deep in the direction of relationships. And you said something I think is really key keyword. I mean. Say the word fairy tale. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of what everybody's looking for. One thing, one challenge I see happening right now with younger people, say with millennials. Let's say you're mm-hmm. in your thirty, early thirties, right around the late twenties, thirties. Uh, I see people just holding out, holding out. No, this isn't the one. This isn't the one. No. It's like interviewing process going on in relationships, and I think that's good. I think it's an awesome thing. We want to see if we're aligned in values and. But there's a certain point, you know, I travel internationally quite a bit. I mean, I'm in cultures, uh, you know, quite a bit over the years where arranged marriage still happens. And it was crazy to even think about that. And, you know, I've been in deep conversations about romantic relationships that are, you know, basically like, well, we feel the spark and I'm in so in love. And then the other ones where it's like, hey, you know, uh, the moms and dads come together and they, they pick the person out for the other person. And, and, uh, and then now you start, what happens is in a, in a, Committed relationship, I'm sorry, in an arranged marriage, I think this, at least last I studied, the statistics were that they, they actually last longer than uh, romantic-based relationships or, or initially, right? So, um, so the, but the reason is, is because uh, the couple starts out in committed love versus in love. And Gary Chapman in his book, The Love Languages, he gives this thing where everybody has a love tank and only some language, certain language is going to fill that tank, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is if you speak your partner's love language, which by the way, it's a great book. It's very yeah. simple. You've read it, I'm sure. But the idea is I'm going to invest in this person. I'm going to speak their love language. Well, what happens is when we first get the spark with each other, it's it, it, love is blind, right? So <laughs> right. Love is blind. So we get the spark and we just go, well... I can't see any of the flaws in this person and they're just, and what happens is it's all about what I'm taking in the beginning of the relationship. And then Gary Chapman says at a certain point, I forget what the time frame is, things like 18 months in 12 to 18 months, the relationship will shift and, and in love will run out. The chemistry will kind of run its course. Mm-hmm. And now the only way the relationship survives is if we enter into committed love, right? Committed love is an intentional love and it's a giving love. And so what happens is if couples aren't able to make that transition, then the relationship will run out. It'll just go away. It'll cease to exist. And then what happens is people who are addicted to in love, they just go for the next spark. 
I want to just find the next person who makes me feel like this. Next person makes me feel like this. But if you, and, and, and I'm going back to this, the fairy tale thing for Emily and I, we started out, oh man, we were on drugs. We were, I mean, all of a sudden she's pregnant. We're like, oh my gosh, we'll get married. And then we're fighting. I mean, we are fighting. Like, uh, I tell couples, a couple says, we're going to end the relationship. We're fighting so much. I'm saying, well, you know, the positive side of fighting is that, is that spark you get off of it. I mean, making up is fun, right? And we, we joke about it, but it really is. You want to have a certain level. Tony Robbins says six human needs, right? One of them is certainty. The other one is uncertainty, right? Mm. Or two out of the six. Yeah. Do you want to have certainty? I want to know that I can trust this person, but I also want to have some uncertainty. And I think that when we're fighting sometimes and we're in the tension sometimes, there's some uncertainty that we can work with. And uh, and I think that's good. And so Emily and I fought for the first maybe eight years. I didn't know if our marriage was going to make it. Mm. And then all of a sudden we hit this point where it's like, but we stayed in the tension. We stayed in it and we kept fighting for each other. We always loved each other. I mean, we always joke around, but it's, I always loved her. She was a love of my life from the second I met her. But man, I hated her at times. She hated me at times. There were the tension we had between each other. I tell people there was a time when I, I felt completely out of love. She did too. We were in a counseling session and person said, God can do a miracle. And I'm like, not in this, I'm done. And he said, I want you at the end of the meeting, an hour in, he said, I want you to hold hands. And I'm like, I don't even want to hold her hand right. She didn't want to hold mine. We held hands. And I'm telling you, the spark started flying again. And I thought, it's a miracle. We've been brought back from the dead. And so, you know, we lived in this, it was on and it was off and it was on and it was off, but we kept fighting for it. And now, now we're in a dangerous stage of life. I, if anything happened to my wife, I, I don't know how I would go on. She is, mm -hmm. she is my heart beats because I don't, don't want to sound like a romantic, like fanatic here, but I'm not <laughs> kidding you. Like this woman is amazing. She has made me, John Maxwell says, you know, look at your neighbor and say, you make me better than I am. My wife has made me better than I am. And I could keep going, but I want to stop so we can, you know, continue to go back and forth on it. No, I appreciate that, Chuck. You know, the, the enthusiasm that you have for your wife and your relationship and your marriage. Man, that just, that warms my heart and gives me hope. And I, I think that is one thing that is truly lacking right now in our world is hope especially in relationships, not necessarily in a marriage necessarily, but any sort of significant relationship. I'm not seeing a lot of hope out there from people. And so I love that you're coming with that enthusiasm today about your marriage. You should never tamp that down for other people. Yeah. Be, yeah. be who you are as a couple and so let it just infect other people. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. It does. People do need to be inspired right now. I've, there's a lot of hopelessness in relationships. People, like I said mm -hmm. earlier, you know, with the millennials, uh, you know, which my, my, my kids are millennials, you know, they're right there at that mark. Yeah. And, you know, uh, as a father, you know, as, as I help a lot of their friends navigate relationships, mm -hmm. you know, I say, okay, well, yeah. Okay. So you want to have a certain level of alignment, but there comes to a certain point where you're going to need to commit to this person. Right. And you're going to take, there's no perfect person out there. You're going to take on <laughs> some of those things that are driving you crazy. You're going to take those into the marriage and you're not going to say no because of those things. As long as you know that you can master this thing called committed love, 
you're going to be all right because committed love is going to give me the ability to, uh, to influence the other person, the desire to influence the other person and make them better. And, and one thing I would say, my mom was a great mom. She died at 54 years old with cancer mm. and, um, and it was heartbreaking. My mom was, yeah. my mom was the, the world's greatest mom. And, you know, I just joke with my wife now, I say, since we started so young, we actually, we actually met when I was 15 and she was 13. It's wow. kind of disgusting when I think about it now at how I thought about her the day I saw her. She was 13 years old. My mom and dad owned a campground, which is where I started my entrepreneurial journey. They owned an RV park and we had, you know, 44 acres. We had, you know, in-ground pool with slide and diving board. And I was, I was a guy that could do the flips. I could do, you know, double double flip with uh, two and a half twists. And, you know, I would go out there and try to pick up the girls, you know, and she yeah. had a store, she was 13. And I was like, most beautiful girl I ever met. And uh, first words I said to her was, uh, it's kind of hard to, hard to believe, almost like I made this up, but I just said, hey, I said, will you marry me? Never said that to anybody else. I'm gonna pick up one. And she said, sure. She goes, if I could pick out the China pattern. I didn't even know what China was. You know, uh, her, her grandma's like real English and she's got China cabinets. And, and so she had that influence and, and, um, but, uh, you know, we just started, we started so young. I, I say to my wife, I say, you've actually raised me now longer than my mom did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something about my wife. And I think, I think we should all aspire to be this to the people we care about. My wife, you can only imagine John. I'm sure it's been the same with you all being the person that I am. I started in sales. I, I, I built a couple of multi-level marketing companies way back in the day. I mean, I actually succeeded like, uh, where I was doing like at, at 22 years old, I did 60,000 in one of my multi-level marketing companies one year. And I had like 300 and some people in my downline. The company actually went out of business I, or outside. I, I would have went higher, but man, I, there was not everyone succeeded. Some of them didn't succeed, but I was in insurance and then I was in this and that. And I would be calculating, we're going to make this much money and this is going to happen. My wife never said to me, like, come on, Chuck, like get out of the clouds. She always believed in me. And she said, I always absolutely believe you're going to do it. And and all the times that I was a bad husband to her, all the times that, you know, because I haven't been a perfect husband, right? Um, All the times that I didn't treat her the way she deserved to be treated. Those early years when I'd be yelling and punching holes in the walls in my house and you know, uh, I had anger problems, you know, I never hit her, but we had, I would yell, I could use my words, you know, uh, to really tear people apart. And, um, even in all of that, she never walked in the room and said, you're, you're just like this person or that person, or you're a, she just was very careful to build me up. She has had faith for me from the day we met. She believed in me. She was fascinated with me since the day we met. That changes people. I mean, that changes people. You know, and we both have tried to do that with our kids and now with our grandkids. You know, that's fantastic, man. Oh gosh. Well, I I hate to do it. I feel like I'm getting ready to do a like do a a sideways turn here. But let's do it. Let's do it. I don't. We don't want to bore your audience with singing. I want to. I want to. I want to talk some. You know. For those of you who are able to to see this, to watch this particular episode, I want you to talk about what's behind you, man. This this space that you're in, because yeah. it has a lot to do with where you are right now. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, I've I've 
my topic, my overwhelming topic for many years has been personal productivity. I mean, the, the terminology changes. I mean, you know, Brendan Bouchard calls it high performance. You know, uh, you know, I, I am, I, I'll never forget when I bought my first Franklin Covey planner. I'll, I'll never forget when I got my first desk. We had an apartment. We had a low income apartment. I'm in my early twenties, and uh, I went. I wanted to get a desk. I wanted a desk, and I wanted a pen holder, and I wanted I wanted a cool pen for signing contracts. And those are the things people bought back in the day, right? And I remember I couldn't afford a brand new desk. So I went to this guy. He was a Dungeons and Dragons uh, seller in, in downtown where I lived. The guy actually still has it. Cobwebs all over the place. I mean, it was perfect for what he was selling. Like cobwebs everywhere. Dust. The windows have never been cleaned. And, uh, and so uh, I remember he was selling a desk. I'll never forget. It was $35. It was the heaviest desk. I feel like I injured my back that day. It lasted for a decade trying to get that desk down the stairs and then up the stairs into my apartment. But I got that desk in there and I had my desk and I felt like I was in business. I had a tool. I had a place I could go and sit down and make phone calls. And, and so, and I bought my first Franklin Covey planner. I learned the ABC system and through the years, you know, uh, David Allen comes along and he says, no, we're going to go to get things done system now, now. And then one thing was written and now we're going to focus on just one thing. What's the one thing you have to do that if you do that, everything else becomes less relevant or not necessary. And one thing I've learned over the years is if, if someone has the right tools to, and the right place to go to be able to clarify their dreams, mm -hmm. um, and that takes time to be able to figure out what it, what is my real dream? point I went to Summit Everest until I started researching it for a message I was doing one time on high altitude living. And I, and I, and I was, I was looking at this, I was, it was like, it was going to cost me probably a few hundred thousand dollars. It's going to cost me like 10 years of my life. I'm going to have to first summit and qualify on other mountains. And then, then I risk my life. Like, do I really want to summit Everest? I mean, a lot of times we just steal these bucket list items. And I, I remember the day I was like, you know what? I don't want to sell an Everest. I'm going to put real stuff on my bucket list that I want to do. It's going to be a custom bucket list. That'd be a great idea. But, um, but in order for you to figure that out, you've got to pulverize yourself with questions and you need time to think, you need space to be able to figure that out. And then you got to take your dream and you got to break it down into one year goals or, you know, certain segments of time that you're going to, this is what I'm focused on during this year, two years, three years. Um, and then you have to use that as a working document to go forward. And then you've got to take, those ideas, you got to turn them into business plans, business uh, learning how to business plan is different than life planning. And then you, then you create your future financial projections and you learn how to use Excel and you start messing around with the numbers and, 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 um, you need a, a place to be able to do that. So, uh, I've worked out of my house for, you know, I think I've always worked out of my house since I got that first desk. Yeah. I've had other offices in the different places that, that where, where we worked and, and had buildings. And, uh, and so that I had, I had an office here and an office there. And then, you know, you have a laptop. So now everything's in a cloud. Now I can go between places. Thank you for clouds and technology. Right. But where I've, where I've inside of my house, even if I take a bedroom and I always say to people this: start where you are, if you can take a chair in your house and I'd say this to my wife, Hey, this chair in the living room is my chair. 
I'm going to drink tea from this chair for two hours a day. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to work on my life. This chair is my chair. And the literally this place wouldn't even go. So I picked a place where nobody else is going to go anywhere. <laughs> now my wife has two skeletons in the living room. She literally has them all dressed up and it's oh, funny. House and we give a tour of the house. I go, well, this is in the grandmother <laughs> over here. And uh, it's the funniest thing. But, but what I'm getting at, John, and I'm sorry for this long intro, um, at, in the workplace, in the workplace, there are a lot of times you have slow moving coworkers that are pacing you down, you know, Hey, let's go to the donut table. You know, let's, let's get it. Let's take another coffee break. It's tough to be productive a lot of times in, in a lot of working environments. Right. And, and, and companies are figuring that out right now. In fact, in 2021, in February, there was uh, 20 million people working from home remote. Uh, there's the numbers expected to go up to 36 million. Uh, of those 5 million are earning over a hundred thousand a year working full-time from home. Those are, that's a beautiful number. And that's exciting. People can wake up and, and, uh, be able to be real close to the people they love, to their dogs or cats, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, um, be able to work from home. But what I found was inside of my house, I could hear when people would come over and visit, yeah. um, there was the refrigerator was there. It's just distractions at home and there should be, I should be relaxing at home. I want my house to be a place where I do entertaining, where I do relaxing, where I do life, where I'm with family and, uh, yeah, home office is great, but we decided that we were going to build prefab, I mean, fully created luxury units, like the one I'm in right now, Mm -hmm. uh, delivered, fully installed. Uh, we build on a forklift base. We can put these almost anywhere. Wow. Uh, and, and our empathy statement is this, you know, uh, we exist because everyone deserves an undistracted space to build the life they want. Nice. Like, and so what I do is, you know, mine is, mine is, I don't know, it's maybe 20 yards from my house. I've got four water gardens with waterfalls everywhere. I'm literally, John, my view out my window is just water everywhere and koi fish. I've got two golden doodles on the floor next to me. I walk out sometimes barefooted. I like to just feel the cool ground in the morning when I'm walking up. I put these beautiful rock steps. I had these boulders brought in and I got Mm. these ice rock steps and landscaped around them. And, you know, um, there's just something about in the morning, leaving my house, making this walk up to the studio. And when I'm finished, I walk out. You know, um, and, and I go back to my house and I can text home to, down to my wife and we've got echoes. We've got echoes. We can just look at each other and just be like, hey, I'm coming right down. And, you know, so we're building the company with a remote team. So we're learning how to master remote work so that we can mm-hmm. do a lot more than just sell buildings. Uh, it's all about the technologies we're, we're creating. Uh, everything in the unit is Bluetooth enabled. So heating and cooling, you can just, you can set everything, uh, you know, the, the door locks, the, we have got led lights and change the colors of the lights and, wow. uh, and just so much, you know, uh, but we're having fun. We are redesigning the unit. We're about two months away from getting everything back from our architect. Once that's done, we're going to be accepting orders online and we're just going to scale up production, scale up production, scale up production. So nice. We're excited. Very cool. And of course, folks, we'll be sure to include in the show notes, ways to contact Chuck about these, um, updated spaces for you to have for creativity. I mean, heck, you may decide in this space, it's not a place where you're going to work. It's a place where you just need to get away. 
Right. It's up to you how you fill the space and what you do with it. Absolutely. But, but I mean, it. I can just, from the, the limited view that I have of where Chuck is, I can already tell that it, there's some high quality stuff going on there. We anticipate people will. So, uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to state a price point yet. We kind of know what that's going to end up, but there's several factors, but, uh, we hope to offer financing for our units. So you'll just go, okay, through, it'll be like this price or this much per month, be a whole lot cheaper than going and renting a space downtown. Yeah. Uh, and then we anticipate, uh, people will use our units to go back and get their master's or their doctorate degree, mm. right? We anticipate people will write novels in our, we anticipate people will use it. Uh, maybe for a prayer sanctuary in your backyard, you know, or, um, or, uh, to build companies, um, or to run a company. Um, so, uh, it's just all kinds of things that we anticipate mm. and we are excited about the John and we'll tell you this is standpoint. I forgot the name of the book now, uh, last the guy's last name is rise. I think it is or Rees. Uh, I read books so fast. I forget to look at the author sometimes <laughs> and even the title. Uh, but there's a book that was just talking about an existing company versus a startup and the differences in how they need to operate. Yep. Existing companies can kind of whiteboard things out. They can do the statistical data and then they can follow a plan. But with a startup, it's very important that you don't over feature something that you basically, you give a blank canvas to your, your starting audience and you create a customer feedback loop and you learn from your audience and you make improvements based on what people tell you they want. So what we we're excited about is we're excited. We say it on our, on our website, which is really just a real, uh, fast design landing page. We just basically say that like our units are, it's not about the units. It's about the people inside of them working on their dreams, right? The people inside of them working on their dreams. We want to see, like, we want to showcase how people are using the units. We want to showcase how they're landscaping. Mm -hmm. We want to showcase what they're doing for productivity. We want to create a, a community that learns from itself and uh, turn it into a movement, you know? Very cool. Digging that. All right. So let's jump into Extraordinary Circle. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. Yeah. So I uh, started coaching way back in the day when I was in real estate. I mean, I, I remember uh, when I was 25 years old, I hired Mike Ferry. Uh, he's got a company in Newport Beach, California. Uh, he's still, Tom Ferry is, is probably more known uh, now because he, he's the son and uh, he kind of reached the next generation, right? Okay. But Mike Ferry is the old goat, man. He's, uh, he's a legend and he's the first guy I ever knew to offer any kind of coaching. Mm. And uh, I remember handing him my American Express in a restaurant when he first opened up to have coaching. And uh, I said, Hey, I'm, I want in. It was a thousand a month. I remember I went home and told my wife, I said, I just signed for a thousand dollars a month in coaching. Well, that thousand dollars a month was, had like a, uh, you know, like a 20, 30, 40 times return on investment. It was, it was incredible what yeah. came out of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I always appreciated coaching. So uh, many years ago, uh, I opened it up to real estate agents and said, Hey, I'll take on real estate agents. I had a price point and it was one on one. And, uh, started creating results for real estate agents that I had other business owners say, Hey, uh, can I get in your schedule? I said, yeah, I mean, a lot of these principles are general. Let's do it. Yeah. So then, you know, and obviously, you know, I'm building other businesses in the meantime and, and I'm learning every step of the way and what I learn, I can teach. And when I'm learning for others, I can teach to others. And it's creating this brain that, uh, is accelerating my own growth. Right. And, uh, so 
uh, just a few years ago, I, uh, I, I, my, my price point for one-on-one coaching has become too expensive for most people now, right? Yeah. Um, it's 2,500 a month. And I never, I never imagined I would charge a lot of people charge much more than that, but the people I'm working with have, you know, 20, 50, a hundred, $200 million companies going for an IPO, you know, uh, and, and I think with coaching, uh, the price you pay has to be equivalent to the level of commitment you intend to make. I, I just think free coaching never works. It's never worked. I've tried it so many times. Hey man, I'll just take you on my schedule. People will not convert if there's not a, a financial, a little bit of a financial strain. We've got to feel a strain, right? So I just decided that, Hey, you know what? Um, I, I saw the dynamics of masterminds, um, mm-hmm. and, and what was happening with masterminds. And I thought eight is the perfect number, I think for a mastermind. So we do groups of eight. Uh, I try to match them as well as I can. And, uh, you know, basically I facilitate where I develop, I cultivate what I call, uh, a super brain. You know, where you put the right people in a group and we do, we do hot seats, you know, a lot of it's typical, but, but, uh, but I facilitate these conversations in a way that we're moving towards a point of decision in every single call. There's takeaways for everyone. There's commitments. The biggest thing with a mastermind is the, the way that people support one another mm-hmm. and win with one another and fight with one another for the wins. Uh, the dynamics of that is just it's, it's amazing. I mean, uh-huh. um, and I'm having a great time doing it. So yeah, the extraordinary circle, I wasn't even going to mention it, John, because I know you have your, your masterminds, you're doing a lot of masterminding as well. I would say for the extraordinary circle, we could work with people who are s- starting uh, a business. However, I think to have an established business to be several steps in would be a lot better. I mean, because uh, it's kind of taken on, I mean, most of the people in our masterminds are are doing, you know, a quarter of a million plus in their businesses. Uh, and then it just goes way up from there. Yeah. But I have found that the gap can exist. Somebody could be doing 125,000 a year and be in a group with a person that has a company doing 10 million a year and the two of them can benefit each other. So, um, I'm not saying that there's, you know, somebody couldn't be in the group if they're not at a certain level, but I think at a certain level um, of, of just starting, it becomes the gap gets too big to be able to convert on a lot of stuff fast enough. So that's what's a good point. Yeah. Well, you know, and and for me, you know, one element now I have not always seen this in mastermind groups. I will say I have not always seen this, but the ones that I have found to be the most effective is where there is an intentional element of accountability Mm -hmm. where, yes, where members of the group are partnered together and they are accountable to one another. Not that they aren't accountable to the whole group, mm-hmm. but they are specifically accountable to one other person. Mm-hmm. Those I have found to be the most helpful without a doubt. Yeah. I, you know, I think where masterminds fail is, is, uh, and I had to be really careful of this because I, I, I could, they could be teaching masterminds if I wasn't careful where I'm just bringing a topic to the conversation and just teaching the whole time. But with a mastermind, um, you've got to, you know, and and I know you do masterminds and you know this, I'm sure you practice this well. It is about getting these people 
caring about each other, mm-hmm. pulling for each other, yeah. teaching each other, contributing to each other. If you do that, you create something. Some of, some of our masterminds, and I read a lot, I'm very well read and I've built a lot. I, I have layers of knowledge. Mm-hmm. There are some masterminds, they go to a level that I couldn't possibly create on my own. Energy, the electricity, the breakthroughs, the ideas just leave me. I, I get off the calls, you know, I, just like you, I walk in probably at nighttime, I walk in and my wife goes, how was it? You know, and you know, on my Tuesdays, my biggest coaching day, it's like 12 straight hours. Wow. So I walk in on the one hand, I'm exhausted, but on the other hand, <laughs> I cannot believe all of that just moved through my eyes and ears. Yeah. Like. I can't believe all of that victory. I got to witness all of that victory mm. and, you know, and, and you see people when they start to care about each other, relationships and revenue. Yep. That's, that's what it's all about, man. It is all about life is all about relationships, period. Yeah. It just is. It is John. You know, I, I, one thing I just want to just a little pause here. I, I do appreciate how intentional you are with building relationships. I, I think, oh, you know, not to flatter you at all, but just to genuinely encourage you, I think and to, to your audience, you know, uh, you guys, I'm, I'm clapping for John here. He's, uh, you're in his audience and you guys are really smart to be following this guy because he's a good human being. This guy's reached out to me a lot over the years. He's been very intentional, not trying to get anything out of me. Just, just really, uh, just, just feeding, feeding me encouragement, uh, feeding me ideas. And, uh, I just think, I think John, I think you're good at relationships and I, and I think it makes you not hypocritical with, again, with the type of podcast you're doing. You know, um, I know for those of you who are watching this, you you may be able to see it. Uh, I'm hiding it pretty well. I'm actually fighting back tears from what, uh, Chuck was saying, because there was a very, very large portion of my life where I was not good at relationships at all. I didn't value them. I didn't put other people above me. It was all about me and what I cared about and what was most important to me. And I go back to, and I think this is true for all of us. There's some big moment in our lives that happens. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but it's just a big thing that happens that changes the trajectory of your life. And for me, it was my divorce. Yeah. Without a doubt, that is, that is the line of demarcation in my life is when that happened, everything changed for me. Now I could have fallen apart. I mean, more than I did because of that happening and just kind of wallowed in it and allowed it to consume me and to become bitter, which is what happens to a lot of people when they go through really tough stuff, not just divorce, but many different things that come up. But I made the decision that I needed to get better for me, that I would have nothing to offer anybody if I didn't get better at me Mm. and understanding me and who I am. And so I did the hard work. I went through therapy. Uh, I still, a certain extent, I still do that, but it's more of a maintenance kind of thing that I do now because I don't need it like I did then. Uh, kind of think of it like the, uh, the maintenance you do in your car. You know, you do the basic routine kinds of things. You keep it running and it's doing great things. And so that's what I do for me. But because I did a lot of that deep, gut-wrenching, soul-searching kind of stuff and brought some of this nastiness out into the light and was able to figure out what it was, give certain things names, and then go through. It's like, how do I get rid of that? How do I 
bring in something new, something better, going through all those kinds of things allowed me to be able to remove certain kinds of scales that I had on my eyes to be able to really see with crystal clear vision how things were, not just for me and in my life, to be able to see other things. I mean, Chuck, I can tell you without a doubt, the men that I encounter on a regular basis, man, I can see the path their marriages are on. And I remember what it was like being them because I couldn't see what was coming. I couldn't see that I was on this fast moving train that is getting ready to go across a gorge. And I thought there was a bridge there and it got blown up years ago and it was going to crash. And I had no idea that was coming. None. And I can see that for other men now. And I, you know, I shout all these warning signs of things that are coming, but if you don't have ears to hear, you're not very likely to listen. How long did it take you once you decided to commit your life to growth? How long did it take you before you said, wow, I've really turned a corner. I've changed. That is an excellent question. You know, I guess I, it was a few years probably. Yeah. Because I mean, there was some really deep, nasty stuff I had to work through first. Isn't it incredible though? Like I'm an NLP practitioner, right? So okay, the yeah. very premise of NLP is that, I mean, people might argue with me, but I think the very premise is that you're going to live a life that's committed to growth. It's the only thing you can control, right? Mm. Um, so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be committed to growth, right? So how you deal with the world around you is going to be much different because I'm only going to focus on what I can do to affect the world around me and to change the result that I'm getting in my life. That's all I can control. Yeah. A growth mindset. When a person develops a growth mindset, a second they have awareness, I need to change. Um, they, they, they say it takes around 18 months to make uh, a, 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 an adjustment in your life and your character. Mm. I heard one person say even just a, just a minor adjustment in, in your character. Wow. Uh, it's not easy to change. Like we've got yeah. all of its history behind us, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to say it's not easy because that's a disempowering way of approaching it. But uh, historically, people will tell you it's not easy. It's a challenge and it could be not easy. Um, but when we enter into a true growth mindset, um, uh, as you've done, uh, I'm perplexed at people that make who make major changes in their life. That's why I said, Hey, if you're, if you're on the other side of a, of a divorce, uh, or a bankruptcy in business, mm -hmm. you look at all the stories of people that came back from bankruptcy and they're billionaires today. Some people get mad at that. I actually get so excited. I think, well, you can fail that big and then turn back around and win just as big. It's like the equal positive on the other side of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. And, um. I just, I just think, you know, for anybody in the audience right now, I mean, I would just take a second just to say, you know, John and I are talking a lot about fairy tale relationships and hitting these levels and, you know, how it, how it's all affected. And, um, I, I would just, I would just say that I'm, I've been on a journey of self-awareness and growth for many years of my life. And I'll just, just throw this out. I remember when I decided that I was negative with the way I worked with people. Now. Some people go, no, Chuck was always the best boss ever. 
well, I wasn't happy with where I was. I treat people really well, always treated people really well, but I, I'm a perfectionist. So you'd bring me your best work and I would still see where it could be better. <laughs> and so what would happen is I'd had an employee one time where it was just like, they were in a rut. Everything they were bringing me was so below the level. And it was like, I had to constantly be, be like, okay, here's what we need to do. 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 And then in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to let this person go because they just can't create a win. Mm. And I decided in my life planning that year that I was going to lead. I remember an affirmation. I said, this year I lead, I turned it into just an, I lead. I lead with complimenting instead of complaining. Um, I influence with complimenting instead of complaining. It took me an entire year to get the ship turned around. One full year of being that committed, but it changed my life forever. And I think, I just think John, I, I, and I'm sorry, I don't want to flip, I don't want to flip the table on you here, but I, I'm curious to know. So you made these massive changes in your life and I get to experience John 2.0. And it goes, oh, this guy has always been amazing. This guy's always been a great guy. He's got, wow. Um, how, how do you think this is going to affect your future going forward? You know, all this growth that you've had, I mean, do you see all the new pathways and I mean, what is oh, that? Yeah. Like? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, one of the things that I guess I kind of expected this to happen, but maybe not to the extent that it has. And that is, I see opportunities where I used to see roadblocks. Wow. That's one of the biggest things, honestly. And the phrase that comes to my mind, it was something that was told to me years ago, uh, really is ringing true. And that is this, the difference between stumbling blocks and stepping stones is how you use them. Yep. So yep. It, it is a matter of perspective. It truly is. Uh, I mean, I can t tell you something that, that happened even just yesterday. I, I noticed a little thing. I, I grew up around cars, so I'm, I'm kind of a car guy. Oh, nice. And I noticed something on my car, you know, where I saw liquid where you're not supposed to see liquid. Yeah. And so I started doing a little bit of investigating and I started thinking, oh boy, it's, it's probably a water pump. And I'm like, oh great. That's going to take a, that's an mm -hmm. entire day to yeah. fix that. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to think about it right now. I've got other things I need to do. And so I gave it several hours. I went back to it and I'm like, you know, it might not be as bad as I thought it may be because I have a clamp that isn't tightened down all the way on this particular hose. Because if it was the water pump, I would expect it to be in this location and it's in a di slightly different location. So maybe that's it. So after our conversation, I'm headed to check that out to see if I'm actually right. Because the biggest thing, and as a, as a recovering perfectionist, you will appreciate this. Whether I get upset about the possibility that the water pump is going out or not doesn't change the reality of it, but it absolutely changes my day and how I feel about it. And why should I allow something like that, that I can't control, ruin my day? Yeah. It's another one of the big things that I got out of this becoming committed to my personal growth. That's right. The thing that I love the most about the things that I do to make me better is that I'm able to serve other people better. They get a better version of me. They get encouraged more. They get more help. And I'm more likely to continue to do that. 
And I think it goes full circle back to relationships. I mean, I'm looking at this conversation, you know, we started out talking about marriage and home, and then we moved into mm-hmm. masterminds, which just happens to be something I do, but masterminds could represent all the circles people are in. I mean, people are in natural circles anyway, right? So church circles, work circles, neighborhood circles, proximity is power. You know, you are the culmination yeah. of the people you spend your time with, et cetera, et cetera. But to become a masterful uh, relationship builder, we do have to take responsibility for the one thing we control, and that is growth. When we become people who are deeply committed to our own personal growth, that's when we have a highly developed emotional quotient, you know, which Q is in many times stronger than IQ. Uh, I I would take a team of people with high EQ and low IQ all day long. Oh, Uh, oh, great. Over the reverse. Yeah. Uh, Smart people that don't know how to communicate with other people. That's a disaster. Um, that's mm-hmm. painful, but I think, I just think that, you know, like you said, uh, you develop a mindset that says, and it keeps you out of depression. Mm-hmm. Now I've dealt with, I've dealt with depression for all of my life and that we can save that for another conversation. I'm an expert <laughs> on what it, what it feels like to be down. Uh, and, and it's, I probably would have been diagnosed clinic clinically depressed at a young age. If somebody would have diagnosed me because it's not always situation. I know what my triggers are. Uh, matter of fact, I started NLP and a lot of the other certifications and trainings and I've had books and I've read as to self-medicate. I've mm. done a lot of cognitive therapy as well as spiritual therapy. I mean, I've, you know, uh, hugely relying on God for his help. Uh, and then also putting in the work myself to, to develop a new mindset. But I can just say that, you know, um, in, in that, in that journey, when it, when it comes to being depressed, uh, there are breakthroughs that I have gotten in just in recent years, uh, when, uh, and it's around this subject. I mean, it's the subject of, um, you never, people get more depressed when they feel like they're out of control. Like things are happening to me. When we start to feel like a victim, whatever the trigger is. Yeah. Maybe I feel jealous of somebody, or maybe I feel like somebody's not treating me right or whatever it might be. And there's so many different reasons that people get depressed. Um, they feel lonely. They feel, um, well, I, I can, all of that really is, is how life is happening to me. But if I wake up every day and I'm in a growth mindset and I control the one variable that I can control, that's a, that's a, there's a happier outlook attached to that. Okay. It's all about the actions that I'm going to take today. And I'm committed to the right things and I have a a good plan. Well, then I feel hopeful. My life is going forward. And I hope that there's people out here listening to this right now. It's kind of been a buffet, right? We've kind of gone all (laughs) you know, um, I'm hoping, you know, that, you know, your, your audience maybe is going to look over key relationships, whether it's relationships in the family, uh, Um, maybe it's relationships in, in, in a mastermind or at work or the key relationships that we have. I mean, honestly, if your relationships are all messed up, how miserable is life? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Mother Teresa said the, the, the worst poverty ever known to man is the poverty of, uh, it, what did she call it? It's the, the poverty of, uh, being neglected or being alone mm. and, uh, loneliness is the worst poverty feeling like we're not truly loved, feeling like we're not truly connected with a group of people. And there are lots of people right now, especially today. I mean, people are 
people are mad at you for a million reasons. You can align them too and then be not aligned on 10. And it's harder to be in a circle now. It's harder to be in a group. It's harder to find alignment. And so what happens is if we're not careful. We can just start to feel more and more victimized. And then, and then all of a sudden, like the world is against me. The world is horrible. The world is, man, you know, uh, just, uh, I, I just want to wake up every day and I want to, I want to be the person that invests in my wife, invests in my kids, invests in my grandkids. We're very intentional with our grandkids. It's incredible. Like it's good. We're always, my wife and I strategize. Nice. Each one of them, we know their personalities. What do we need to do in their lives right now to contribute, mm-hmm. you know, into their lives that, you know, this one's academic and this one's artsy and this one has this, this we're starting to notice this going on in one of their lives. And we're like, we, we need to help them right now because if we just are blind to it, well, then this is going to develop. It's going to get rooted. Let's, let's not let that happen. Let's, and we're just watching over them, just watching over them. And my masterminds, you know, I, I come to those calls every day. I am fired up when I come to the calls. I'm ready. I'm focused on people in the companies, you know, and uh, it, it's all about people. I say one more thing. If there's anybody out there who owns a company, uh, there's, uh, if you do a Google search on Netflix culture deck, uh, one of the greatest documents I've read in 10 years about in business is the Netflix culture deck. It's, I think it's like 128 slides or something like that. Mm-hmm. It is the Netflix culture and it's, and it's not what you would think it is. It's all about how they build their uh, team, their HR. And, um, I mean, they have, they, they, they hire people who are entrepreneurial entrepreneurially minded that are self-starters take responsibility or focus on outcome. Right. And so they give total freedom. They, they don't even have a, they don't have a, a vacation policy. The vacation policy is you can vacation whenever you want. You can take as many days off as you want, mm-hmm. but each year you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, assessed on, did you get the outcome the company needed for that position? And is there another person out there we could bring in to get us that outcome? If you were to try to leave us and ask for more money, would we pay that to you? Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking at like, where are you at? How are you performing? But they're leaving that up to you about how you go about doing it, right? And, um, and, and everything that I'm a part of, I'm about, like, I want to be having fun with people. And I want everyone in my life to have lots and lots of freedom. And I want to be a servant to the people in my life. And I want to be contributing to people in my life. And if you spend 10 minutes with me, I want to lift you up. I want to build you up. I want to make you better. And I think if you wake up every day and you just kind of like, that's your goal. Well, then it's just going to start coming back to you. The pipeline is going to start pouring out. And just, I'm surrounded with a world that loves me. Uh, people do so many nice things for me. I, I got clients that like, Bonus, I had a client bonus me a motorcycle a few years ago. Harley uh-huh. Davidson, you know, it was a limit, limited edition, like, you know, just flew me in his jet down to the hangar and said, here, man, I'm just giving you this bike. And, you know, um, just a couple of, uh, about five years ago, somebody gave us a brand new vehicle, you know, uh, it was a $35,000 vehicle. I mean, but we've spent uh-huh. our lives giving, 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 you know, uh, and, and I just, it's. You're going to get back in relationships, what you give out. And yes. I, I can't believe where we're at in life right now. You know, the people that we've been able to impact. I mean, um, I don't know, John, I don't know if you've even seen, but like once a year we go to Africa, I speak in the, in the Mandela stadium and, uh, 120,000 people a year, you know, that, that I'm able to speak a full keynote message for the year as people are getting ready for the next year. 
I'm, I'm able to come in there and go, this is the message that you can hold on to for the next year. And I've done wild things. Like I launched a stuffed animal out of the stadium with helium balloons. Uh, you know, a lot of these people come from third world, you know, small villages. They don't even understand what helium is. And one guy said, the, the event coordinator said, a lot of people think that you're a wizard. Like you just, you literally just not use magic when that, when that thing went up in the air yeah. and uh, it's just people. It's all about people. When we win with people and I'll say one more thing and I'm done and then you can ask me whatever you want. Okay. I, I, when it comes to relationships on the millionaire, 10 millionaire, hundred millionaire, billionaire levels mm -hmm. for sure. All of that money is made through relationships and people, people don't even understand what that's, what that's, what that's, a, how big that is. Um, I can go into so many different ways that people make money by knowing the right people mm -hmm. and you don't know it when you're going along and you're building relationships and life is taking long. It's taking so long to get there that all of a sudden you're going to find yourself where you go, wow. I know 50 millionaires right now. If I want to launch something, I've got, I've got this giant, I had so many people that I could have had invest with the company. It turned out that my, my recent investor uh, is a friend that I had all the way back in real estate that I met at a Mike Ferry conference at the <laughs> Palm Desert Marriott. When we were waiting for the doors to open, we realized that we were two hours away from each other in, in the region. We became friends. I shadowed his team. He sent his team down to shadow my team. We learned off of each other. We became close friends. And now we're partners in business. It's about relationships. We've got to get really good at having a high EQ because if we have a low EQ, nobody's going to want us in their space because we're needy. We build up a good EQ and we're givers. That's where, that's where real wealth comes from. For sure. For sure. You know, uh, something else that I've added to what I do and what I'm looking for, in addition to the EQ, that emotional intelligence quotient factor, mm -hmm. is something that I, that I heard it said this way and it makes sense to me. There's also relational intelligence, which is not the same as emotional intelligence. Nice. Uh, in fact, there's a fantastic book by Dr. Darius Daniels by that title called Relational Intelligence. I highly recommend that book. John, you just, every once in a while, somebody will tell me something I haven't heard of yet. I have not heard of that yet, and I intend to read the book. Thank you for that. That's that's tremendous. Okay, sounds exciting. Well, that uh, we'll we'll have an an off camera very quick discussion about that, and uh, yeah. I I think you'll dig it. But uh, you know, one of the other things that you were mentioning while you were talking, and this again is is part of my growth process, and I I can't take credit for this particular question. I get it from Dan Miller the author of, you know, 48 Days to the Work You Love, he has a question that he proposes that you ask yourself, no matter what happens in life, doesn't matter. And the question isn't why, it's not the why question. Why did this happen? It's what does this make possible? Ooh. Good yeah. or bad. Mm -hmm. What does this make possible? revolutionary question for me. It changed the way I look at stuff, completely changed the way I look at stuff. Because even though it, I might not, excuse me, might not have gotten the result that I wanted, excuse me, or anticipated, I still 
<clears throat> All right. Apologies, everyone, that coughing, well, it happens to the best of us. So, but that whole idea of what does this make possible just changed everything for me. And it took not so great things and made them more palatable. <clears throat> and it took really big things and made them not quite so big. So I kind of keeping my ego in check, so to speak. So it brought the bottom up and brought the top down a little to help balance it out a little more. What do you think of that question? Yeah, I think, well, I just think, you know, I just think when you put the whole thing uh, together, um, I just think that, again, I was just thinking about, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we've had this dialogue. I'm, uh, I'm going to walk off of here and I'm going to, um, I'm going to be even more intentional with the key relationships in my life. It's a good reminder having the conversation. Uh, yeah, is there, I mean, is there something specific that you were that you were asking me there? I just want to make sure that I get. No, I was just curious how how the question it hit you, but um, I was just throwing that out as as another part of my growth process, something that I need to attribute to Dan because I I got it from him. So it was certainly helpful. All right, I've got. You know, a couple more questions before I get to a final four. The final four is just, there are four quick questions. You're going to tell me the first thing that pops in your head. So one of my two final questions before we get to the final four is this. What's one habit you believe every entrepreneur must have? I think that, I think the big habit that's uh, happening for me right now. Well, I could, there's so many things I could say. You can add, everybody's going to get their idea. So my idea would be today would be get better at putting triggers in place that will start you in the next routine. Uh, hesitation in starting on your schedule is just killing people. Uh, most entrepreneurs have way too much creative avoidance behavior. Uh, you take somebody, I'm working 80 hours a week. You're not working 80 hours a week. You're probably, it's very damaging to be partially on and partially off or partially off and partially on. We have to eliminate the lines between on and off and surge in smaller blocks of time mm. and, you know, apply one thing, uh, philosophy and, you know, what is the one thing I need to be focused on right now? We, people are stressed out because they just have too many things they're focused on. And you would think, I mean, I pastor a church, uh, I've got the extraordinary circle. I've got backyard studios. I've got investments. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in my life. You would think, how does this guy get time for that? Well, because I know what I need to be doing right now. The, the, the big breakthrough I had recently, and it's, and, and, and I would say this does fall into a, a, a habit to answer a habit question. Yeah. Again, it's, it's putting triggers in place that will say to me, oh, like for instance, I have an early morning routine. And then my wife texts me around 8.30 every morning. She goes, puppy time. I go down to the room, go down to the bedroom. The dogs are on the bed and they're just real fun and frisky. And, and then when I put the leashes on the dogs, I go outside. My daughter comes over. I've got like a barista station in my house. I make her a latte. We have a good time. 
what I realized was that period of time in between could go longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And that's a real powerful moment in my schedule, my work schedule, but I definitely don't want to dial back time. I'm getting with my daughter or time with my dogs, my wife. And so I realized where I positioned my shower is a big deal because if my daughter leaves at 9.30 and then I still haven't taken a shower, I might go in the kitchen, drink some water, make another coffee. Uh, and then it just, my, my time starting could get later and later and later. So I realized that as soon as I come in at 8.30 in the morning, as soon as I let the dogs out, I take my shower and I get dressed for the day. So, and then I set an alarm and then have a meeting with my wife and daughter and say, okay, you guys, I need to be in my studio by 930. Mm. And some people may go, wait, 930, you start your day at 930. Yeah, again, I, I control my life. I control my schedule. And that works very well for me. When I can get done between 930 and 1230 is insane. But, but my intensity when I'm in a time block, a scheduled time block, it, it couldn't get any more intense than what it is. So very focused. Everything else is out of my schedule during these times that I intend to search. Gotcha. It does. Thank you. Appreciate that. How can folks find you if they want to reach out, connect with you in some way? Yeah. So uh, I would say uh, they can go to the extraordinary circle or extraordinary circle, however you want to do it, uh, dot com. They can learn about masterminds and coaching and all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, they can go to backyard studio dot com. Uh, and matter of fact, if, if they're even remotely interested in what we're doing, just sign up on the email. We're not going to drive you crazy, but you can at least follow the journey. It's going to be fun. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, the next six months for this company is going to be something fun to just watch, uh, to watch happen as it unfolds. Uh, and then, um, and then also, I mean, if they're in Virginia, they can come to destiny family center a church. I founded, uh, 10 years, I'm um, sorry, 20 years ago, my God, 20 years ago, he's okay. a church here in Virginia. So. If you're in Virginia, come visit us one Sunday. Let me know ahead of time because I travel some. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you can you can email me at chuckbalsamo at gmail.com if you want to ask me any questions about anything. Uh, but probably other ways as well. Uh, you can find me on all social networks at Chuck Balsamo. Uh, I, I, I do some on Instagram. I, my platforms are a little bit atrophy. I haven't dedicated as much as I could. I'm just, again, face to the grindstone and building something right now mad scientist syndrome happening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just, I love to communicate with people and I do the best I can. So. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, now we're to our final four again, Chuck, you just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. All right. First question. Why did God create Chuck? He created Chuck to be an encourager because people are just very beat down and hard on themselves and can't see their strengths. And so every single thing I do goes back to that. I love to build people up and see their greatness, see their dreams, and, you know, I'll see more than they can left to themselves. I love that. And that is not hard to tell, by the way. Thanks. You bet. Uh, question two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Um, there is... Uh, so there's, there's a Joe Dispenza book that I've been reading. I, you know, was, again, I'm so bad with titles, but... Uh, it's something, uh, it's just redefining yourself. And, you know, he's got all these, he's got so many books, but if you find one, it's about like redefine yourself. It's about quantum physics. Uh, it's, it's an amazing book, uh, that's helping my mindset right now. So it's, and it's really some scientific stuff, some wild scientific stuff about the energy world and how particle, 
how the particle world is energy that's collapsing into the particle world and, you know, what you focus on with thought and with, and when you put, uh, uh, when you put emotion into, in other words, you get it to the feeling level of your life. Mm-hmm. That is what you're going to be magnetizing yourself towards, toward, you're going to be moving towards it or bringing it towards you. Uh, and I know a lot of people, uh, may have, you know, oh, I don't want to stay away from anything like that, you know? Uh, but I'm, I'm real big on developing my mind, developing myself spiritually, developing myself physically. I'm biohacking right now. Superhuman is a book that I read about once a quarter right now from Dave Asprey. Uh, read some stuff from Victor Longo. Uh, and then there's another book by, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, let me, I'll give you a good tip. I'll give you a tip for your audience. If you look at, there is an app that I want to recommend. It's called Lucy, L-U-C-I-D, Lucid. I forget how much it is. It's cheap, but what it does is it takes books and then it turns them into like visuals and just with a little bit of text. It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. You're not going to remember titles and authors very well because you're just going to be moving from book to book, but I've learned a lot of great concepts from that. So, okay. Be sure to include that in the show notes for folks, that app that you mentioned. Yeah. What do you like to do for fun? What do I like to do for fun? Uh, I ride my motorcycle. Uh, we, my wife and I ride a whole lot for fun. You know, uh, I run, uh, I hike, uh, basically spend a lot of time, spend a lot of time, my golden doodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have koi, like I said, I have koi water gardens. I would say the biggest thing I do for fun is we host a lot of people at our house. Oh, okay. I, I just enjoy just sitting around the fire, you know, um, now that I'm a big keto guy, I'm not doing many s'mores, but other yeah, people. Can, me either. So I get that. You no, know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a relational guy. So I'll, I'll just say just in summary though, uh, I'm with my wife whenever, um, we're not those people where she has her life and I have mine. Uh, we just do everything together. I mean, if you ever see her, you see me, if you ever see me, you see her. So, and I can't believe that I never get sick of her. We just, we just have a great life. <laughs> we travel together whenever we travel into places I mean. I'm usually doing some work and she'll be scouting the place out. And then she's like, we got to go here and here and here. And we like to walk through new cities and, you know, explore and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent. What are you most grateful for? I think I'm most grateful. I mean, let me think about that for a second. <laughs> I, think, I mean, you know, just staying on topic, I'm grateful for the, for the people in my life who've shown me love, uh, I could get, I can actually get emotional on, I have been, I could be a person. I was victimized a lot in my life. There's people that I could call out, you know, uh, I, I, I've been hurt a few times, really bad. In life. Thank God that it didn't get in my soul and just, and just become a, become a cancer. I, I reduced it right away. And one of them took a few years, but I'm really good at letting things go. Despite that, I, I've been surrounded by just some people have really given a lot to get me where I, you know, Albert Einstein said, you know, we're like, we're basically like, we're the culmination of like all the people, all the, all the discoveries that came before us and mm-hmm. all the brain power that brought, you know, that, that was given to us to start with. And I just, I just feel like, uh, I can't believe how God has loved me through people. Mm. Oh, I get that. I too. Incredible. I get that. Uh, la- last question. What podcasts do you listen to on a regular basis? Outside of this one, of course. 
Absolutely. I, I would say, uh, you know, I listened to, uh, Justin Shank growth now movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a guest on this show, by the way. Oh, Justin, man, he's amazing. And his conference is coming up real soon and he'll love me for plugging yeah. that. So anybody in your audience, man, just sure. I don't get paid anything off of it, but just, uh, that, that conference is life changing. So, uh, anybody can get there and, you know, when you're paying a couple of hundred bucks to go get your life changed like that, it's the best money you can spend. Um, you know, there's a guy, Doug Morneau, who does a podcast called Marketing Made Simple. I think, uh, no, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. That's Donald Miller's book. Uh, it's called uh, something on marketing. I'm sorry, Doug. I cannot believe I'm just blanking out on you. Uh, Doug is one of the smartest guys on marketing I've just ever known. Uh, he hasn't released any new episodes on that, but the old ones are just still so good. Email okay. marketing. Just <laughs> um, yeah, those are probably two that I'd recommend. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, Chuck, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it because I, I know you're, you got a lot going on there, especially with, you know, launching this, this new business and that's what's been keeping you so busy and not to mention, you know, your time with your family, which is very important. And I certainly want to honor that. So thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with all of us, because I know that I'm better because we did that. Me too. Me too, John. Thanks. Thanks. And thanks for sharing your audience with me. It's so wild when we do these things, right? You can, it's not like you can see people in front of you. Yeah. you just, but I can I have a vision of them in their cars and, you know, with their devices, you know, in their ears and they're running and they're listening. And I, I hope that we were able to move the needle for somebody, at least create some new ideas and get some people moving forward in their relationships and, and uh, create some, some new growth and some new success. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, Chuck, thank you for your time. And for those of you who tuned in, thank you so much for investing some of your time. Because as you know, I think of it as your most precious resource because it is not renewable. So thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us today. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.